Today is week two of Choose Thankful, and today is a great day to be talking about choosing to be thankful. As we also had communion today, and we talked about God's love for us, we talked about the ultimate thing we should be thankful for, and that's God's love. God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die for us. God sent his one and only son to die for you while you were still sinners. That's how much he loved us, to be a servant for us. Praise the Lord. Can I just get you guys to say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. I think you guys need to wake up. I know it's been a little bit crazy of a morning. It's different. And we've had some silent moments to reflect upon communion, reflect upon the cross. But we do need to still be awake and alive, despite what our secretary told the teens about if you're on the mission trip, you can sleep. Uh-uh, I don't go for that. I'll wake you up. So we need to be awake as we are thankful for the cross. But we're talking today about week two on Choose Thankful. And today we're going to be in Psalm 139, verse 1 through 12. So you can open up your Bibles there. Or you can open up a pew Bible in front of you. Use your cell phone Bible app. Just stick on the Bible app for me. And save the quotes to Instagram or Facebook for later. Don't be texting your friends about what you're having for lunch. Because, well, you're probably just going to the parade anyways. As you're turning to Psalm 139, let me remind you where we've been or where we were last week. See, last week we looked at Psalm 107 and Psalm 136. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, where we were reminded to choose to be thankful in all circumstances, we publicly made a pledge throughout the sermon and in closing with these words, I choose thankful. Now, I hope you remember that. If you don't remember saying that, then either you weren't choosing to be thankful, as God's word tells you to do, or you just thought, I'm not going to speak up and do what this crazy pastor says. I don't want to talk in church. He always tells me not to talk in church. Or maybe you're asleep. But we made a pledge to one another. We made a pledge to ourselves. And we made a pledge to God to choose to be thankful in all things. You see, it's easy to choose to be thankful in the good times. But we, we must also choose to be thankful in the hard times. Choose thankful. At the first moments of life, at the last moments of life, in the good times and the bad times and all the times in between, we should be choosing to be thankful. And as we looked at Psalm 107 and how that psalmist chose to be thankful throughout life, looking back upon all the things he's been through and how God always heard his prayers, we ended with three steps or an application of three points. And it was this. Throughout life, we need to acknowledge our circumstance. We need to cry out to God. And then number three, we need to choose to be thankful. And I can't tell you how many times in life, and I'm to blame too. I always say I'm preaching myself as well. We cry out to God for help when we need something. We welcome that something. Oh, yes, give it to me, God. But then we fail to be thankful. We fail to praise him. We fail to thank him. We fail to honor him and glorify him with what he's blessed us with. That's why he made that pledge last week to choose to be thankful. Today's similar, but it's week two. It's going to have a little bit of a different application here. And we're reading from Psalm 139. So please follow along with me as I read verses 1 through 12 now. Psalm 139, verse 1 through 12. Read this. 
O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my paths and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Let me remind you here. I'm just going to take a quick break. He's not really asking God, where shall I go? Because I want to get away from you. Right here, he is in awe of how God's presence just overwhelms him. Everywhere he goes, everywhere he could go, no matter where he's at, God is there. God is in control. Let's read on. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. If I had time, which I don't, I'm not going to create more awkward silence, but I'd have you meditate on that scripture a little bit, as I've been throughout this week. And maybe you can do that this week. Meditate on these words. They're quite powerful when you think about it. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and you know, you've known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. Guys, think about your life when you're struggling. I, I don't know what you're struggling with. You do. I don't know what your temptation, your, your sin is, but you do. I don't know what your anxieties are, but you do. How much different would your life be, would these times be, if you really thought about these words at those times? Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search on my past and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. God knows everything that you're going through. God knows everything in your mind. God knows your daily habits. God knows where you're going to go before you go there. God knows what you're going to say before you say it. God knows what you're going to think before you think it. Ask him for help. How much different would your life change if you really thought about that and you allowed it to soak in about God's knowledge and God's presence? You see, to many of you, this psalm may sound very familiar, and, it, and maybe it's been very powerful in your life, and if so... Great, because it should be. It is a great psalm. It's a great reminder for all of us. But I think a lot of us remember this, not for verse 1 through 12, but for what's after that. Do these words sound familiar for you? Found in verse 13 and 14. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Those words have been all over the media lately, all over Facebook lately, all over our lives lately. And that's great as we've been refuting ab abortion and proclaiming the glory that is us. God created you. God knows you. And you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we've talked about that a lot in our lives lately. But what I want to talk about today, 
Today's big idea is this. When we feel alone, we can be thankful. We have a God who knows us intimately and sees us constantly. We are known by God. I wanted to title this sermon at first, Never Lost. And at first I thought, well, some people might call it lost and found, or lost but found, or you were lost but you've been found. But I just want to say, you are never lost when you have a relationship with God. You are known by God. And when we feel alone, when you feel alone, you can choose to be thankful because you have a God who knows you intimately and sees you constantly. You can't get away from it. In this psalm, David mixes wisdom and praise to describe two, of, two certain attributes of God that help us to, to understand how intimately he loves us. We have God's omniscience, or also known as God's wisdom and knowledge of all things, in all things. And number two, God's omnipresence, or also known as God's ever-presence. God is present in all things, with all things. He is always in everything and everywhere. But first, we have God's knowledge. We're going to talk about those two things briefly. God has a deep and unending capacity to know us personally and fully. And therefore, we should be thankful that he never misunderstands us or leaves us alone. God knows us intimately, and we can and should choose to be thankful for this. Again, this is a big idea today. Choose to be thankful because you have a God who knows you intimately and sees you constantly. And when we go through times of confusion, struggling to know how to deal with whatever we're dealing with in life, our emotions, or how to overcome our negative thoughts, our habits from day to day, which are not honoring and glorifying to God, we can surrender to God. And we can thank Him that even when we do not know how to push forward, God does. God does. God knows all things, remember? God's intimate knowledge of us can be a deep relief in the midst of anxiety, in the midst of stress, in the midst of our self-deprecating thoughts. We are our own worst enemies in a lot of ways. And God's constantly back there poking you and prodding you and saying, Stop it! Look at me! Look at well, how well I know you! Look at how intimately I know you and ask me for help! Choose to be thankful that you have a God who knows you intimately and sees you constantly. And he's always there for you. More about that later. You see, David expresses several different ways in which the Lord knows him. The amount of intimacy the Lord has with David seems to almost overwhelm David's life. So much they ask the question, where can I flee from your presence? David's in awe of God, and we should be in awe of God as well. Because, you know, we're going to go through these struggles. I'm not saying that we're not going to be anxious. We're not going to have struggles with anxiety or depression or anger or, or lustful thoughts. We're not gonna, I'm not saying we're not going to have problems in our marriage or with our children or with our jobs. But what I am saying is God intimately knows you and sees you constantly. And he is always there for you to cry out to and ask for help. God knows everything about you. No matter where we are, there's always a set of eyes on us, aware of our every move and even our thoughts. Let me say that again, because I want to talk about that. 
No matter where we are, there's always a set of eyes on you. He's aware of your every move and even your thoughts. But that's not, that's not a cause for alarm. It should not scare you. It should bring comfort and joy and strength to your life. Some of you might feel a little convicted, and that's okay. You see, I think this is an awe-inspiring moment for us to think about how God is always there looking out for us, always there knowing what we're going through. He intimately knows you better than you know yourself. But maybe it also convicts you a little bit. Did God see that? Oh, no. God sees my thoughts. He sees my actions. He hears my words. He knows me better than I know myself. Well, what I know about myself is pretty bad. I'm not that great of a person. God knows that? Oh, no. God still loves you. God still sent Jesus to die for you. That's pretty amazing. We can trust God with our life and future because his intimate knowledge of us shows him to be trustworthy. Trustworthy, but also convicting. As we think about being watched, how many things would we change in our life if we truly realized all that is being seen? And not just by God, but by other people around us. Does God see you being thankful in the way you should be? Does God see you treating the person beside you the way you should? What about your neighbors? What about your family? What about your coworkers? Does God see those things? And do they reflect a, a way of glorifying him or depreciating who he is? Have you ever realized how many times you're photographed and videotaped throughout the day? I want you to think about this statistic I found. An average American citizen can be caught on camera, camera more than 75 times a day. Now, I think that could be actually be higher. I don't know when this statistic was shown, but you've probably already been on camera 75 times a day just on your way here this morning. Traffic cameras, cameras in the church, cameras in businesses, cameras at the gas station. The government's probably watching you on your cell phones right now. If so, government, you need to, you need to know what we know. Christ loves you too. <laughs> But think about this statistic. An average American citizen can be caught on camera more than 75 times a day. But let's change the viewpoint here. God has us under an even clearer, more defined camera lens with a zoomable lens beyond our comprehension. And we can't go back to manipulate the footage, the findings. Sometimes I watch spy movies or action movies where you see a guy get caught on camera and then they go and erase the tape. You can't erase this tape. God is always watching. God knows all things and he is, in, he is present in all things. We can allow this to scare us, to convict us. And it should in some ways, but let me tell you this. We can also choose to be thankful for it. And that's what we need to do today. We need to trust God and thank him for his wisdom, for his knowledge but also trust him for his presence in our lives. Trust God and thank him for always being everywhere, in everything, and in you always. Unfortunately, though, sin has a way of having a negative effect on us. Ever since Adam and Eve being found in the garden and sin, we have a fear ourselves of being caught off guard. Again, I say I, I preach to myself too. I hate to be caught off guard and not prepared for something. I like to prepare we all do. We were talking about this a moment ago, though. What if someone caught you on camera? What would they see? 
What would they say? What would they do about your actions? Sin has caused us to devalue the intimacy that we can have with God. But listen to this. There is no what if God sees this. What if God hears this? What if God knew the thoughts of my heart? God knows. God is all-knowing and everywhere, and he sees everything. He knows everything. Listen to some of these scriptures. 1 Samuel 16, 7, God sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. No sin, not even a whispered curse or a fleeting evil thought is hidden from the view of God. The Bible declares in Romans 2, 16, that God will one day judge the secrets of every heart. He will bring every act to judgment, everything which is hidden, whether it is good or evil. Ecclesiastes 12, 14. The secret sins will not remain secret. 1 Corinthians 4, 5. The Lord will bring to, to light the things hidden in the darkness. And lastly, Luke 12, 2-3 says this. Jesus said, there is nothing covered up that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. Accordingly, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in the inner room shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. As much as these statements might convict you, might scare you, and I hope it does. I hope I'm not just thinking this is important stuff, and you're like, come on, is the preacher almost done yet? I want to move on to the parade, to catching some candy, to making my lunch plans. I want you to really think about that. These statements are convicting. God sees all things. God knows all things. God is present in all things. God's presence should excite you, though. And here's why. You see, we should not overly fret what he sees or hears. We should allow it to change our lives. But we should also be grateful that he is always there to correct these problems and to encourage us in our ways. We should be thankful that our weaknesses are so intimately known by God, and yet he still wants to be in a relationship with us. Choose to be thankful today and every day for God's intimate knowledge and presence in your life and trust him. These two concepts of God's knowledge and presence helps us in a lot of ways. As I close, I want to say these things. You see, the knowledge and constant presence of God helps us with our anxious thoughts, or even our daily habits and sins. When we acknowledge that God knows our every thought and every move, we can become much more thankful that he continually pursues us. Despite our wrongdoings, despite our wrong thoughts, our wrongful thoughts, God's still there. When we're confused, we can be thankful that God knows exactly what's going on, even when we don't know what's going on. God knows. God knows. And in closing, I want to leave you with this thought. Some friends would run away if they knew all of our secret thoughts, the places we've gone, the things we've done, all of our past and present daily habits. Some friends would run away. And yet God knows all these things and more, and he remains steadfast and merciful with his love as he pursues you. David praises God and thanks him for his overwhelming knowledge and presence in his life. God has not condemned him or gone away from him. And God has not condemned you or gone away from you either. He's still there. God knows you. And we can thank him for his intimate knowledge. And we can trust him. 
We can choose to be thankful. We can choose to be thankful for his intimate knowledge and presence. Trust him. As I close and the worship band comes up, I want to pray, but I also just want to read these words to you one more time from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. I remind you, look at the whole Psalm 139. It's great. It's powerful for your life. There's so much more to the story. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. God, you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my past and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, is high, and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is as light with you. God knows you. God loves you. God's there for you. Choose to be thankful today and every day for God's intimate knowledge and presence in your life and trust him. Please close your eyes and bow your heads as I pray and then we'll close in song. Lord, we thank you for this great day that we have, a great day to be able to say we have a Lord, a God that loves us and is there for us. We have a God that loves us and knows us intimately, personally, and fully. Lord, you know us more than we know ourselves, so we ask, Lord, help us now to glorify you with our words and with our actions every single day. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray now. Amen. Amen. Please stand and join us as we sing, There is a Redeemer.